Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living in today's world. Here is your host, Dr. Laurel Trujillo. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show, and our topic today is Embrace Wonder, Live a Happier, Healthier, and More Connected Life. And I am so fortunate to be joined today by Dr. Jonah Paquette. Jonah is a licensed psychologist, author, and international speaker specializing in the science of well-being. He's assistant Regional Director of Mental Health Training at Kaiser Permanente in the San Francisco Bay Area, where he helps oversee the mental health training programs across 20 medical centers in Northern California. He also provides trainings, consultations, and seminars on topics related to wellness, happiness, and reaching your full potential. He's the author of several books, including the one we're going to be speaking about today, Awestruck. How Embracing Wonder Can Make You Happier, Healthier, and More Connected. You can find out more about Dr. Jonah Paquette, his books, and upcoming webinars at his website, jonahpaquette.com. Paquette is P-A-Q-U-E-T-T-E, jonahpaquette.com. So welcome, Jonah Paquette. I'm really delighted to have you join me on the Yoga Hour today. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So before we dive into our dialogue about embracing wonder, let's begin with a yoga moment, a moment to bring ourselves fully present. So let's begin just by bringing ourselves into the now. Whatever we're doing, just feeling our body in space, whether we're standing, walking, sitting, feeling the surfaces that support us, feeling our connection to the ground underneath our feet, perhaps to the chair in which we sit. And then bringing our attention to the breath, wonderful tool that is always with us and just feeling, noticing as we take the next fully conscious breath as we inhale and exhale. On the next inhale, feeling the cool air in the nostrils. And on the next exhale, feel the warm air flowing out. As we rest here, right where we are, 
Here's something to contemplate from the Yoga Hours founder, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, taken from her book, Living for the Sake of the Soul. We are in the midst of the divine play. The divine friend continually invites us to see a larger view of this life we are living. The divine friend continually invites us to see a larger view of this life we are living. Clues and prompts are everywhere. When we pay attention, we discover it. Life is holy. Heaven is here. So once again, Dr. Jonah Paquette, welcome to the Yoga Hour. I am really delighted to have you on the show and to talk about this wonderful book, Awestruck, and the power of awe. In spiritual terms, I would equate moments of awe to moments of transcendence, to that feeling of being one with all that is. And as I was chatting with you for a minute before the show, of course, that's yoga, That's that oneness, that experiencing that oneness is really what yoga is all about. The word yoga means wholeness, oneness, and unity. So tell me, how did you become interested in studying awe? What were the roots of this book? Mm, It's a great question. It's one of those things like with, with so many parts of life where you look back and you trace the different experiences together. And, and I think when I look back, so many of my most memorable moments, these peak experiences, these incredible uh, times in life had to do with the experience of wonder, had to do with the experience of awe. Um, that said, on a more you know, a proximal level, um, I was it was an experience in nature uh, that for me sparked this uh, this passion to actually pursue it in the form of a book and to to spend you know to devote years of my life uh, looking into it, uh, which you know is uh, is a long journey. But it was a uh, you know following a thunderstorm, seeing this double rainbow just mm-hmm. form over the, the 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 sky, and to have this moment this this moment of clarity of you know this moment right here, this life right here is is something special, and I want to learn more mm-hmm. about it. So I. Really, from that moment on, um, whatever it was that that sparked my my soul in that way, um, I spent the last few years uh, reading about and learning about and researching everything I could on how these moments that make us go "Wow" can really change our lives. Mm-hmm. And so that was more uh, in, in recent years. But you know, as I look back, like with so many things. Uh, some of these most memorable parts of life have to do with feeling like we're in the presence of something bigger than ourselves uh, and yet connected to, to, to all that's around us. Right. Absolutely. One of the things that I really appreciate about the book is all of the research that's Mm -hmm. been going on. I, I am really thrilled that psychology research has expanded into po- positive you know, emotions. Like for so long, it was just the pathological you know, that was really studied, you know, and then, of course, many, you know, now it's many years ago, but studying all of the positive emotions. And then you make the case that awe is something relatively recently, relatively recently studied, but really amazing results already have been turned up in the, these preliminary studies about awe. 
Yeah, it's obviously a very ancient, timeless experience that, you know, human beings have had, uh, you know, for tens of thousands of years. But the research on it is is really exciting because it's all come out, I would say, primarily in the last two or three years. It's a very new science, even though I think like with so many things, you know, whether it's gratitude or forgiveness or except, you know, the research validates in many ways what people have been have been saying for for thousands of years in some right. cases, which is that these these experiences matter. Yeah, no, absolutely. So at the beginning of the book, you talk about the astronauts mm. and their experience when they first saw the Earth from outer space and how that experience was often life changing for for the astronauts. And we all of us have now, I think, seen the photos of, of Earth from space, which are breathtaking, not even, I mean, just the picture of it is pretty amazing. So can you go into more detail about what did the astronauts actually, you know, experience at, in their telling of it and, and how and how did it affect their lives? Yeah, to, to your point, you can just look at a picture like that and it uh, it gives us goosebumps. Uh, right. I can't even imagine what these astronauts would have been feeling. So yeah, as I was writing this book, I thought to myself, who would be a perfect test group, if you will, to understand what these powerful moments of awe can can do for us? And and I remember thinking that I want to learn more about what these astronauts experience when they're, you know, gazing down on Earth from from outer space. And it turns out there's an entire little subdiscipline looking at the experiences of these astronauts, and they call it the overview effect. It's this mm. form of almost extreme awe that comes when you look down and you see the Earth from, from space, from that vantage point, and just like as we've seen in the pictures. Now, what was most interesting to me was learning about what happens after that experience for them. You know, what happens right. next? What happens when they return home? Do they just brush it off their shoulders and go back to living life the way that they had? Um, and what was most fascinating to me was the fact that almost universally, these astronauts came back changed. Mm. They returned home and their life took a completely different trajectory in many cases. They, uh, some of them took up deep contemplative practices. Some of them started nonprofits, uh, designed to you know, save the planet and to save the environment, this realization of, of the preciousness, both of life, but also the world that we, that we share really seemed to be, uh, this core universal value that took over in the case of these astronauts. And, uh, I think it, it's just a great example of how these powerful peak experiences, these moments of wonder, these moments of awe can really transform us in these in lasting ways more than I would have even initially expected as I started to dive into this research. Indeed. You talk about awe in the book, and I thought, well, maybe we should just pause a moment and just talk about, so what is awe? And mm. I like the definition that you gave in the book, actually, that it has these two components. So can you talk about that? Yeah. You know, as a shorthand, I think it's the moments that make us go, wow. It's the moments mm -hmm. that, you know, remind us of our smallness and yet our connection to something bigger than ourselves. But, you know, researchers who study awe um, quite a bit have centered on this definition that understands awe as being comprised of two separate but connected ingredients, as, as you say. And the first is that we encounter something that's vast, mm -hmm. which can be of course, in the physical realm, you know, gazing out in the Grand Canyon, looking up at redwoods, gazing at the ocean, the moon, the star, all that kind of stuff, but also can be in the idea realm, which they, you know, they call, they call perceptual, uh, sorry, conceptual vastness. So you have perceptual vastness, things that we experience, see, touch, 
uh, versus conceptual vastness, which is more in the, you know, emotional or, or, or idea realm. Mm -hmm. If you watch a child take their first steps, you know, you're not, you know, there's not, then it's not the Grand Canyon, but there's something incredibly vast about that. Uh, if you learn something that just completely cha challenges your assumptions, there's something vast about that in a different way. Yeah. And then the second ingredient uh, has been called everything from transcendence to accommodation. You'll see a couple of different terms, but the, the core idea there is that this experience challenges the way that we think, challenges what we thought we knew about ourselves or the world around us, and forces us to expand our mental structures as a result of that experience. So mm -hmm. vastness plus transcendence uh, would be those two ingredients of awe. Mm -hmm. It was interesting to me in reading the book that um, there's something about the average number of experiences of awe per week is like two per week. And I was mm. thought that is really cool because the way you're talking about it, the peak experience way mm. of awe. Yeah. I mean that those I suspect are less common, you know, than than two per week. But there is also sort of everyday awe. So can you talk about that? Yeah, and, and I sort of uh, informally, this is not a technical or scientific definition, but you know, when I'm teaching about awe, I like to differentiate between capital A awe and lowercase a awe. And then, you know, right. capital A awe, we all know it, right? This is the, yeah. you know, just these incredible flashbulb moments of life that uh, remind us of our smallness and our connection to the world around us. Right. But if we limit ourselves just to that, I, I don't think we are embracing the full magic, the full wonder of the world around us. And so lowercase a awe, uh, I would think of as the everyday sorts of experiences that so many of us are conditioned to take for granted, uh, you know, in the busy times of life. Can we pause and just notice the things that, you know, we wouldn't necessarily think of as special, but see them as being magical, you know, the changing colors of leaves, moments of connection, uh, and love that we experience with another person. Uh, these things feel small, but they're actually, you know, incredible, magical experiences that uh, part of my impetus for writing the book was to really help people discover that in their lives, too, that we don't have to drop everything and drive off to the Grand Canyon, that moments of awe are really all around us if we train ourselves to to notice them. Which brings me to uh, just mention the quote that you put at the beginning of the first chapter from Albert Einstein, mm. which says, there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. And I, that really touched me. I thought that was just a really great, really great perspective. Absolutely. That everything is a miracle and that everyday awe is a really important thing. Yeah, which it's, it's was one of the wonderful things I, yeah, one of the wonderful things that I've really experienced about reading the book is really thinking about awe a bit more deeply, which is, which is great. Mm. So um, can you just give a brief overview of some of the benefits that we get from experiencing awe kind of to inspire us to have more of these awe experiences? And in particular, I think you talk about the three things, you know, that connectedness, I'm yeah. blanking on the other two, but that's what I was thinking. Yeah, um, yeah I, that has been one of the most incredible parts of this journey of learning about this powerful emotion for me has been uh, 
that the benefits are far reaching, you know, and they touch us inside and out, head to toe in our relationships. And, you know, some of the really exciting research that's come out over the last few years has to do with the, the benefits of all to our mind, to our body. And a few things really jump out to me uh, in this literature that I think uh, speaks to how powerful it is. Uh, awe makes us, so these experiences of awe, even though they can be very fleeting and seemingly only last, uh, you know, a few moments, they have wide-ranging effects. They make us, uh, for one thing, feel more connected to other people and to the world around us. Even if we experience that moment alone, it still uh, leads us to feel more linked uh, to our fellow human beings, to the world around us, to the universe. So it all promotes connection. Mm-hmm. It also and, and just I'll stop you there just for a sec mm-hmm. because I do think this is a super important point. Mm-hmm. I mean, here we are. This is we're in the middle of a pandemic yeah. that is forcing people to be much more socially isolated than in other times. And so this thing about loneliness is really, it's very deep right now, you know, for many people. And so to understand that these experiences of awe can be a a doorway for us to experience that connection Mm -hmm. to all of life and to other people, I think is very powerful because it's something that we can have. We can still have these experiences of awe every day, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic and our lives are are potentially limited. Absolutely. And, you know, even pre-COVID, we lived in what by some measures was the loneliest time in in human existence. Mm. Um, And what really emerges in that in that research on connection is that it's it's the felt sense of connection that's actually the most important thing when it comes to our sense of well-being and to our physical health. It's not just being surrounded by people. We've all been lonely in a crowd, for example. So it's really how close do I feel? And what awe does is exactly that. It helps us uh, feel that sense of closeness, that sense of connection to people around us. So connection is one incredible benefit. Awe also promotes altruism. It makes us more compassionate, more kind, more giving to people. And it also makes us more curious about the world around us. You know, And this has all been shown in experimental and naturalistic uh, conditions. So I call those the three C's of all, connection, compassion, and curiosity. Um, but it goes way beyond that too, as, as I write about in the book too, that you know whether you're looking at our mood, our stress level, uh, aligning us to deeper values, uh, making us less materialistic, uh, making us more satisfied with our life, you know, re- reducing inflammation in the body is another incredible benefit. So Another super important benefit right now in these COVID days you know, is yeah. re- reducing that inflammation in our bodies. So, Absolutely. So cool that we can have these, we can aim to have more of these experiences of wonder in our life and that they potentially have these profound and longer lasting than perhaps people would imagine uh, benefits of the decreased inflammation, increased connectedness. I love your three C's, you know, the connectedness mm-hmm. and and uh, compassion and curiosity. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. One of the other things that was was remarkable to me in in reading all of the studies that have been done about awe is that it can impact our relationship with time. Mm. And as we've talked about in our modern world, in addition to um, you know feeling kind of less connected overall, I think this idea of time pressure mm-hmm. in modern life is huge. So can you can you talk more about that, about how awe can alter our relationship with time? Yeah, there's been a fascinating series of studies looking just at that. And 
I'll just preface it by saying, I, I don't think it was supposed to be this way. Wasn't that the whole idea with automation and technology that, you know, we were supposed to have all this free time on our hands and the machines would do everything for us? I mean, I think that was the, the, whole, the whole point. Instead, what you have is this, as you say, this intense time pressure, people feeling pulled in 20 different directions at all times, feeling as if we never have enough time on our hands. And in this literature, they, they actually refer to that as time poverty, uh, the idea that we just never quite have enough. Uh, and a fascinating series of studies on awe have shown that when we experience these moments of wonder, of transcendence, of awe, uh, it actually leads us to feel as if we have more time on our hands. Now, obviously, we can't add hours to the day, but we feel as if we're less pressured for time. We feel uh, calmer. We feel like we have uh, more of us to give. And so it actually has been shown directly to increase, for example, like giving our own time to good causes, to volunteering, to helping another person. Because we feel like we have more of us to give, it opens up that space uh, in a really fascinating way. Mm. It's just really lovely to think about, you know, how something that's so amazing and pleasant to experience can also have these mm. profound, you know, profound benefits for us. So that's, that's really lovely. Yeah, I, I would say that, you know, I, I feel like it's good in its own sake, uh, good for its own sake. You know, if, if all all was was these powerful moments that, you know, gave us goosebumps, that would be great. <laughs> and then on top of that, it's got dozens of these other benefits. So yeah, for me, that that's a really cool part as well. So Let's talk a moment about it. So it's so fantastic. It's amazing. People love these peak experiences. I'm sure everyone's like, yeah, give me more of that. But what are some of the challenges to experiencing awe? Mm, yeah, you know, and it's in some ways all the things that lead us to feel that sense of time pressure, that sense of time poverty. Um, you know, if you look at how we live our world, and this is even separate from the current circumstances with COVID that we find ourselves in of, you know, how much of our waking hours do we spend surrounded by four walls and a ceiling and just removed from many sources of wonder in the world and the lengthening of the workday and rising levels of stress. I mean, you can look at all these broad surveys and see rates of stress going up, depression going up, rates of loneliness going up. So there's a lot of, you know, we're swimming against the current in many ways, but I, I think a lot of parts of our modern world, um, you see these challenges and, if you think about how we lived as human beings for 99.9% .9 of our existence, it was not the way that we live now in cubicles or in front of screens for 16 hours a day, that there was this connection to the world around us that right. inspires so many experiences of awe. So I, I, that's not meant to be a defeatist view as more as, you know, recognizing what we're up against and carving out opportunities uh, to experience more of this in our lives seems to be the important uh, message there. And this brings to mind the story that you tell in the book about the hike you were taking and mm. uh, and what happened as you pu pulled out your phone to take a photo. Can you share that? Oh, sure. I was Because uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I have had so many moments like this. <laughs> as, as I'm sure have many listeners, uh, it's a very 2020 problem. Um, you know, yeah, I was on a, on a beautiful hike. I happen to live got a nearby, very, very fortunate to live near some hiking trails. So I was up in the mountains and there's a beautiful view of a place uh, of this uh, place called Mount Tamalpais up here. And it was this just this brief moment of, of wow, this is incredible. And then that next thought in my head is, is what we all do, which is I need to take a picture of this. So I right. pull out my camera. That's distraction number one. And 
Uh, as I do that, I, I glance down at the phone and I see all these notifications uh, right. and I start opening those and I'm catching up on email, catching up on texts, catching up on whatever. And the next thing I know, I probably spent seven minutes at the top of this hill, uh, completely divorced from the whole point of being up there um, because you're just going down one rabbit hole after another. And, <laughs> and yeah, miss the, the sunset, right? <laughs> and miss the exact sunset that I was trying to capture. Uh <laughs> in that moment so classic it's a classic 2020 tale (laughs) (laughs) so i think that illustrates some of the challenges that we that we do have in experiencing awe we've got a couple minutes before the break and i did want to touch on negative Mm. awe so you talk a lot in the book about the positive effects of awe but you also address the dark side so can you talk about that for a few minutes Yeah, you know, most of the time when we think of awe, um, we think of these pleasant or uplifting or or connecting moments. Uh, But if you think back even to those ingredients that I mentioned of feeling, you know, experiencing something that's vast, that's powerful, that's bigger than ourselves, that challenges our assumptions, not all of those are are good. And and what studies have shown is around 15 to 20 percent of all awe experiences actually are negative. Um, and so if you think of what that might look like, you know, negative awe, threat-based awe, it would be things like natural disasters. It would be experiences like, you know, watching the Challenger explosion, for example. It would be, uh, you know, wild animals that are, you know, threatening to us in some way. So there's there's different ways that this might look. Um, so it's still awe, but it's not uh, pleasant. It's not you know something that we necessarily would want to experience again. What is interesting in looking at even negative awe, though, is it, it still does some really important things for us. Um, it still connects us to people around us, and it still promotes altruism and compassion. So it makes mm-hmm. us more empathetic, and it makes us more giving. So even in these negative experiences of awe, and we can see this if you think of you know, how human beings respond following disasters, uh, how people responded. I was in, in New York uh, during 9-11, for example, and just seeing, even for a temporary period of time, how people seemingly became much more giving, much more kind. And so you see this on a practical level. So even negative awe does make us more connected and more compassionate, uh, while it doesn't have all those other benefits that I had mentioned earlier uh, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with that, we've come to the break. And I'd encourage listeners, if you have a few moments um, as we take this break, to think about what might have been your last experience of awe. Perhaps it was something beautiful in nature. Just take a moment, reflect on that. You're listening to The Yoga Hour with our guest, Dr. Jonah Paquette, author of the book we're discussing today, Awestruck, How Embracing Wonder Can Make You Happier, Healthier, and More Connected. You can find out more about Dr. Jonah Paquette, his books, and upcoming upcoming webinars at his website, jonahpaquette.com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show. After the break, we'll explore some simple ways to experience more awe in our lives. We'll be right back.
Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour, insights and practices for spiritually conscious living. Welcome back from the break. I'm speaking today with Dr. Jonah Paquette. And he's the author of the book we're talking about today, Awestruck. So I love that you focus so much of the book. The whole second half of the book is really about cultivating awe. And you have many chapters, 10 chapters on the ways that we can cultivate awe in our life. So um, in the first of these chapters, it's entitled Awe in the Present Moment, being present as something that is a is a um, kind of a key practice in living a life mm-hmm. is really part of a, the philosophy of yoga. Really trying to you know aim for that that presence of mind as I as we did that yoga moment at the beginning and encouraging people to tune into their bodies and really you know have a present moment experience. So this is obviously super important and obviously also difficult as you, the, the story that you told about, you know, looking, checking your cell phone right at sunset um, really illustrated. So what are some of the recommendations that you have for, to help us be more present in the moment in order to experience those moments of awe that we might otherwise miss? Great question. You know, and I would say even separate from what I write about in the book, which is more the lens of awe, um, you know, cultivating that, ability cultivating that skill of mindful awareness to be able to be in the to spend more time in the present moment you know studies have shown we spend about almost 50 percent of our waking hours outside of the present moment uh, so we're here in one place mentally or physically but in a whole other place mentally kind of this mental, mental autopilot so i think on a, just a, a foundational level the more that we can do to you know for example whether it's through meditation or, or other strategies to to cultivate that now when it comes to awe i was really struck in writing this book of how many of these opportunities for awe for wonder can slip right by us because of this tendency to have a wandering mind so that first of those 10 how-to chapters, I wanted to spend a bit of time uh, exploring what are some ways just in the here and now um, that we might be able to, to experience on, you know, for example, periodically just pausing and wherever we find ourselves, noticing our surroundings, looking around um, with, a, with a real inherent sense of curiosity and, and thinking about, well, how many things in my environment right here and right now are actually pretty wondrous are actually pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty incredible. If we take the time to notice, um, anchoring to our senses, you know, just looking at the, the very fact that we can touch, that we can see, that we can smell in this way is something that's incredibly awe-inspiring. Um, learning to slow down, learning to unplug. I think so many opportunities for awe, uh, are lost because we are, 
distracted because we are multitasking. And so, you know, really carving out some time where, you know, maybe we go for that walk, but we leave the phone behind. Um, you know, maybe we experience a nice meal, but we don't have our, you know, gadgets in the vicinity and, and just slowing down in that way can be an important avenue to, to finding that too. So some of it overlaps a, a great deal with mindfulness training. And, and some of it is just about training our mind to notice the things around us in any given moment that we so easily brush aside, that we so easily don't even take the time to appreciate. Mm-hmm. And brought back to that quote that I read from Einstein about looking <laughs> at the world as though everything is miraculous. Really yeah. see, seeing the miraculous nature of the, of the everyday is beautiful practice. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things you talk about is taking an awe walk. <laughs> this is about being in nature and how nature gives us so many experiences, so many ways that we can experience the miraculous. So can you talk more about that? Sure. Yeah. I, and I, you know, as we explored a little at the beginning, there's so many parts of life that we can experience a sense of awe. It could be through nature. It could be through other people. It could be through feeling, you know, uplifted. It could be through, you know, learning something that expands our mind. But for many people, for many listeners, I would imagine it is these moments in nature that can be really some of our most powerful, uh, awe moments. And yet, you know, because of our mind's tendency to wander and to drift and to be anywhere but the present moment, we can sometimes find ourselves even surrounded by beauty, surrounded by these incredible parts of of nature and not um, take the time to really notice or or barely even have that register. I I know that I've been there. I've been in beautiful groves of redwoods and in my mind thinking about anything but what's right in front of me. So Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not above this. Um, So, you know, when when we take an awe walk, we're really just, I think, fusing together mindful awareness and consciousness with uh, noticing the beauty of nature around us. And, you know, we could do this, of course, any number of places. It could be in a park. It could be just a walk around the block. It could be, you know, more of a hike. But the common thread is we are really centering our experience uh, through our senses and, and, and soaking up every detail, noticing the changing colors of leaves, noticing uh, the feeling of our feet as they uh, make contact with the ground, um, noticing the smells and the breeze and the light, um, mm-hmm. and really using those senses as magnets to see how incredible this world around us uh, is uh, mm-hmm. when we just take off those mental blinders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the other chapters is about experiencing awe from vastness. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? What are some simple things we can do to experience awe from vastness? Yeah. And so what I explore in that chapter is just, you know, when we really connect to our smallness, um, that can actually be a good thing. It, it, it doesn't mean that our life is meaningless. On, on the contrary, how miraculous that we get to have this life and, and be surrounded by all these wonder, wondrous things. Um, so there's all kinds of ways that we can connect to that experience. You know, we, we talked about the astronauts earlier, and, and most of us can't snap our fingers and just go off to outer space. But can we look at pictures, for example, of the Earth from space? Or can we, you know, gaze up at the stars at night mm-hmm. and, and recognize that there's more of those out there than there are grains of sand on Earth and just feel mm-hmm. that sense of, wow, that's incredible. Um, can we wrap our heads around 
the fact that we share this planet with 7.6 billion human beings. Like, what does that number even mean if you start to, you know, imagine seven people and then multiply it by 10 and then by 100 and by 1,000? <laughs> it's just like, I, I can't even wrap my head around that. Um, right. Can, you know, and and can we just, this the scale of life, the scale of Earth, the scale of, you know, the universe around us is just incredible when we stop and actually take the time to notice. So that chapter is filled with just little suggestions related to that. Some internal, uh, some through our experiences, um, but all tapping into that that idea that we are surrounded by so much and and what a gift to to play a part in that. Mm-hmm. I was glad that you mentioned the stars and it made me remember that last night I was, I was standing out outdoors on my back deck and looking up at the sky. And one of the things I love about the winter months is that Orion, the constellation Orion is, is, you know, right, is right above. And mm-hmm. I noticed that for the first time last night, although I'm, I'm sure it's been up there for quite a while, but it was, it was so cool to, you know, sit there and look at Orion and think about all of the other winters, you know, that I have enjoyed that. I used to, you know, get home from work kind of on the late side and get out of my car in the driveway and, and it was, you know, sort of right there. So it's kind of my winter friend, you know, yeah. Orion up in the sky. So um, I think that is a, it's a it's a part of nature, obviously, but it's also a part of the vastness that you realize space and the scale of space yeah. and the you know the number of stars, as you said, that are out there. It's just it's just wonderful, remarkable. Absolutely, and um, yeah, and wrapping our head around the light that we're seeing coming from those stars. How, how right. long ago was that light emitted? And it's just right. you're looking at history. You're, it's uh, it's it's incredible. That's right. Yeah. So. Mind-bending, mind-bending awe. So what is mind-bending awe and how can we experience that? Yeah, and, and so I mentioned, uh, you know, if you think back to the ingredients of awe and, and vastness can be in the uh, perceptual realm, which is, you know, things that we can see and touch and feel, but conceptual vastness where we aren't necessarily going out and uh, experiencing these things, but it, it's more of an internal process. It's more of a mental process. So, f- for example, I'll just you know run through a couple of thoughts on this. If we stop and think about just in any given moment, how many things had to align just so for us to be here in this exact moment? How many of our ancestors had to survive and you know not get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or woolly mammoth long enough to pass their their genes along? Right. How many? Uh, experiences in life, had they taken a right turn instead of a left turn, could have resulted in in us either not being here at all or certainly not in this moment. Um, how many billions of years, you know, have gone by and we happen to have this exact moment in December of 2020 for all the painful parts of 2020, just the unlikelihood of being able to experience them um, in any way, shape or form is is something that if we really tap into um can be absolutely mind-blowing so so that would be one way that we could really tap into that um if we look at the human body just what we walk around with every day you know the billions of neurons in our brain that allow us to think and experience and love and 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 be how many systems had to have to align just so like this beautiful symphony in our inside of our body that you know, allow us to to have this moment right now. Um, so it could be something like that. Or it could also be learning about 
parts of, you know, learning about topics that expand our mind is another way to do that. Anything involving, you know, the sciences for me is something that I, I think about as so often um, facts and reality being even crazier to contemplate than than fiction. I mean, so many things feel like science fiction, but are, but are real life. And if we learn about those topics and experience them, uh, that can expand our mind uh, and create the sense of wonder of the world around us. So a lot of different ways we could do it, but um, yeah. And you have a morning routine that you've turned into <laughs> a time of mind-bending awe. So please share that with our listeners. Yeah, I, uh, and you know, sometimes the morning routine is is really just about getting that coffee into my system. But uh, <laughs> sure. you know, when I was when I was learning all about these topics, um, you know, one of the themes that I had in the back of my mind in in so many experience I had was, you know, what are these everyday sources of wonder, these everyday sources of awe that could go right under my nose if I don't take the time to notice it. And I remember I had this day where I was going from, you know, just one part of the morning routine to other, which is probably similar to what a lot of listeners do of, you know, your, your coffee maker turns on, you, you know, turn on the lights in the living room. Uh, you, you know, wash your face and turn on that water and, and it's hot water and you wash your face. Um, you, maybe you catch up on email. So I was doing a combination of all of those things and really came to realize how miraculous they actually all are. If you stop and contemplate them that mm -hmm. way, that just having running water alone for, for how much of human history would that have been seen as futuristic, um, to have hot <laughs> right. water. To, right. You turn a, a, a knob and it's hot. I mean, how amazing. And uh, electricity, all right, and be able to turn on lights and to have these incredible contraptions that just brew coffee. You don't even have to be there. You set it the night before and it, and it brews coffee. How amazing. <laughs> and then, you know, anything involving computers, right? Uh, the way that we're talking right now and checking right. email and having, you know, th these are actually all these things that we take for granted are just incredible wonders. Um, that if we, you know, and it's not a, it can't be all the time, right? We, we, we go through life and, and autopilot is just kind of part of how we sometimes do it. But if we pause periodically and we think about how many of these experiences really are mind blowing when you stop to think about it, um, that I had that epiphany of sorts, I guess, if you want to call it that doing my morning routine of thinking, wow, all of these things are miracles, um, <laughs> Yeah, all of these things are miracles. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another um, thing that I've been thinking about since mm -hmm. uh, while reading the book is about some performances that I've seen. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was remembering one in particular where I, I was fortunate enough to see the Blind Boys of Alabama uh, perform one night. And they weren't even the like the person that I, you know, bought the concert tickets for. You know, it's just. Mm -hmm. And then they started singing and they, um, they do a lot of, uh, spirituals and I, I was, just, I mean, I was weeping actually. I yeah. mean, I was literally just like, so struck, you know, by their music. It was just like, my jaw was dropping and I was just, I was just amazed and touched in this beautiful way, you know, by, by mm -hmm. music. And you talk about that as well of these, you know, these, the, that's a different kind of awe, not the awe from, you know, the external world, but mm -hmm. something just so remarkable to see something like that. Yeah, and, and a couple of things come to mind because, you know, there's the awe through the arts and, and through performance. Yes. And, you know, one of the ways that researchers have tried to study what awe does to us is actually, you know, 
hooking people up to these uh, fMRI machines and uh, various you know types so of function uh, I should say functional MRI functional, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and all kinds of different gadgets and contraptions and had them watch something like a Cirque du Soleil performance uh, or, or something, you know, and that, so you could imagine being in the audience and you look over and somebody's got this strange headgear on that they're measuring what's happening. But yeah, it is really this incredible, um, you know, whether it's through the arts, whether it's through performance, whether, and this could be, you know, musical performance and, and, and mm. uh, dance and movement and athletics and, and so many different ways that we can be inspired and uplifted by the abilities of our fellow human beings. And there's a vastness to that, certainly, that can be just so powerful. Um, and on the, on the other flip side of that, you know, related, when we experience a sense of awe and wonder through feeling inspired by people, through feeling uplifted by people, that you really can get this interpersonal dimension of awe both through their abilities, but also through things like their courage and, and their inspiration. And there's been no shortage of that, certainly during 2020, for all the painful experiences that, that so many people have been going through. Uh, I, I think we've seen that there are more heroes out there in the world also than than we would have ever imagined. And, you know, all these people that are keeping us safe and, and creating vaccines and 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 frontline healthcare workers and and people really um doing doing so much and then you know uh so on ways that are small seemingly as well as all the people whose names we all know uh, you know when we tap into that sense of of feeling inspired that can evoke a, a feeling of awe as well mm-hmm. that's for sure and fortunately, I mean, although we can't go to performances, at least I'm not going to anytime soon, but there is so much, there's so much online and so much um, opportunity to seek out these stories, like what you're talking about, you know, seek out these, uh, this read the, the good news stories, you yeah. know, and not just the, not just the, the hard ones. And I would add just one thing there to, to listeners that, because of these limitations, like you say, you know, sometimes some of us might be finding ourselves stuck inside and we're, you know, we're watching a performance through our TV or we're, you know, reading about a story rather than experiencing it, or we're watching a documentary about nature rather than being in nature. I mean, this could look a lot of different ways, but when we do those things, it actually does create a very similar experience, um, you know, in our, within our brain, within our body is when we're actually experiencing it. Um, and so even though, yes, the real thing is, is more powerful. Oftentimes the real thing, quote unquote, is, is, is even more impactful. Um, you know, some of that, the awe that we get, um, you know, through technology in that way, or, or through thinking about topics or through learning about things can, can be incredibly powerful as well. Yes, ab absolutely. Absolutely. And it is lovely that, yeah, as much as uh, online stuff can be a distraction, it also is a window, a window mm -hmm. into the world. I know a lot of museums are really have really expanded their online yeah. stuff. And so talking about art, if you're someone who likes uh, that kind of visual thing, I know a lot of museums have really gone into that. So you might check that out and see if there's a favorite museum you have and that it has uh, an ability to experience something online that they've put up you know, this year and the fact that they've been closed all these months. Yeah, so, I think museums really. have been doing that and, and national parks have been have been doing a little bit of that and even safaris. Right. Uh, so there's a lot oh. of uh, the parts of life that, you know, we might not be able to access right now, but we can mm -hmm. still experience it uh, in a different way. 
Yeah. Have you seen the penguins? Like there was this one, I think it was the shed, the shed uh, aquarium gets in Boston. Anyway, they, they, they put, so. they let penguins wander through the aquarium. Oh, I think I did see the story about that. <laughs> the penguins are wandering around looking at the fish. I think <laughs> it's I a total see that, crack up. Uh, I think if you just, if you just Googled penguins in a, in an aquarium, I think you'd probably find it probably find it so that's just one that sprang to my mind i remember seeing a story about that that was very very funny yeah so there's there's so much uh else that's in the book but um let me ask you about one which is awe from gratitude Mm -hmm. because gratitude practice i think is something that we can really we can really um add to our repertoire that is beneficial in in many ways just For example, remembering at the end of the day uh, three things that you're grateful for. So can you talk a little bit about more about awe and gratitude? Yeah. um, You know, and and as your probably listeners might be surmising, too, is, you know, so often these different emotions and these different uh, principles feed into each other. Right. That when we, for example, cultivate mindful awareness, we become more awe-inspired because we're noticing more. Uh, And on the flip side, when we notice more of the wonder around us, it can make us more grateful and vice versa. So a lot of these different principles tie into each other uh, really nicely. Uh, But with gratitude in particular, you know, you could do a whole book on gratitude, and there have been many, right, that speak to just how this seemingly simple step of being thankful can be life-changing, can be absolutely uh, incredible for our health, for our relationships, for our well-being. And in writing this book and exploring these topics, I really came to appreciate how much gratitude and awe overlap that when we, for example, notice all the incredible things around us that we might take for granted, that makes us more grateful. Uh, And on the flip side, when we cultivate a sense of gratitude, when we appreciate all the, you know, the bounty of, of goodness in our lives, even amidst or especially amidst challenging times, that makes us feel a sense of awe. So there really is this bi-directional relationship between awe and gratitude. And and so in that chapter, I explore a few different simple practices to evoke a feeling of gratitude and appreciation for you know, these wonders of life, uh, whether it's writing down three things each day that we are thankful for, whether it's noticing something we admire or appreciate about another person and really taking that in. And, and absorbing that feeling and just recognizing how, how special that is. Uh, whether it's noticing how much goodness there is in the world and how many people are doing things that are making the world a better place and feeling a profound uh, sense of gratitude for that. So a number of different ways that we can do that. But what I've come to really recognize and, and appreciate in, in writing and learning about this is when we become more grateful, when we become more thankful, we become more awe-inspired, we become more awestruck, uh, and it really feeds right into it. Mm-hmm. So, unbelievably, we've come to the cl- close of the program. <clears throat> uh, there's about a minute left. If you wanted to give some, give our listeners something to um, encourage or inspire them about this uh, ability to experience awe in our lives, what would that be? Uh, so yeah, real briefly, I would say, you know, if you look at so many of these trends in the world right now, increased loneliness, increased stress, rising record rates of depression, um, you know, feeling time crunched, 
what I think is really inspiring and, and uplifting and hopeful is that awe, not that there's any such thing as a cure-all or, or a panacea, has actually been shown to alleviate all of those current ills, if you want to think about it. it makes us less stressed, makes us more connected, less lonely, um, boosts our mood, makes us you know, uh, less time crunch. So there's these incredible and I would say timely benefits that come from awe. But, you know, I would say anything, wherever you're listening right now, just the fact that you're listening to this podcast, that's all inspiring. What was a podcast 15 years ago? Right. Uh, you know, notice your environment and just look in your immediate field of vision of, of how many parts of your immediate environment would be mind blowing to somebody 50 years ago or 500 years ago or 5,000 years ago. And yeah. that all of these are, are actually miraculous gifts when we start to think about it through that perspective and that, you know, perspective really is everything when it comes to cultivating the sense of wonder. Absolutely lovely advice. Thank you. You've been listening to the yoga hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show. And my guest today has been Dr. Jonah Paquette. We've been discussing awe and how we can have more moments of it, making us happier, healthier, and more connected. Dr. Paquette is the author of the book we've been talking about today, Awestruck. You can find out more about him, his books, and his upcoming webinars at his website, jonahpaquette.com. And again, Paquette is P-A-Q-U-E-T-T-E, jonahpaquette.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Jonah Paquette, for joining me today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you so much for having me. For listeners, we encourage you to join us for the many online programs offered by Yogacharya O'Brien and the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, including morning meditation, which occurs daily from 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. Pacific, afternoon meditation from 4 to 4.30 p.m. Pacific, and then uh, Sunday satsangs, Sunday programs from 10 to 11 a.m. every Sunday. Also join us for the 2020 Worldwide Meditation for the Holy Days with uh, Yogacharya O'Brien and Kriya Yoga ministers from around the world. That's going to be on Wednesday, December 23rd from all day, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. You can find out more about these online programs at csecenter.org or ellengraceobrien.com. Join us next time on the Yoga Hour when I will be joined by the Yoga Hour founder, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, we'll be exploring the spiritual richness of the Christmas season through contemplation and meditation on its inner meaning. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living today. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, founder and advisor, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, assistant producers Ann Hayes and Mickey Coronado, CSE's global media outreach manager, Holly Gray, and Jeff Comfort and Louis Pagan in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. 